Welcome back to another episode of Ballers, Beers, and Banter. I'm your host, Dave. Here with me, Johnny Storm and John Allardyce. Anthony and Moose. Hello. What's up? Do you guys know those uh, Johnny Storm and John Allardyce? Isn't Johnny Storm like uh, the Human Torch from Marvel? Yes. Nailed it. Nailed it. So I get to be that one. And what was the other name? Uh, John Allardyce. Along the same lines. No. No, no. He's Pyro from X-Men. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I picked uh, two guys on fire because first of all you guys are on fire just with your general fantasy breakdown and knowledge and um you know prepping everyone for the draft season i would say you guys are both on fire but also it is a record heat wave in bc right now it is crazy hot up here in the pacific northwest currently today got to it's going to be as high as 42 degrees celsius um Actually, that's projected for tomorrow. Right now, it's more like 40, but it's uh, tomorrow as high as 42 degrees Celsius, which for our American fans is 107 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, how, much, or uh, how much in three, Kelvin? 315 Kelvin, Moose. I'm glad that mm-hmm. you asked. <laughs> and actually, the Kelvin, if you didn't know, you just add 273. It's really easy. Um, so for those listeners who didn't know, we are a fantasy football podcast and the Weather Network. <laughs> so for Canada. <laughs> It's hot, man. It's crazy hot. Like, uh, it feels, it's kind of, I guess, Montreal gets gets that hot with the humidex, but. It was very humid today. Like, nobody nobody has AC uh, in British Columbia, because you just usually open the windows, get that ocean breeze, but it's, like, dangerous hot right now. Could we get some fans? Yeah, I got one. I got one. <laughs> I got a few fans. <laughs> Gotta get some fans. <laughs> anyway, so I'm having water. I'm having a uh, watermelon White Claw. Um, you know, and then I also have a beer, so I'm, I'm staying very hydrated on the podcast tonight. Very good. So, very very good. good. Don't worry, fret not. I'm staying cool. We're impressed. Thanks. Um, <laughs> right, let's get into some headlines. Uh, the main topic of today is our third episode of our Marquee de la Mid Round series, where we profile our favorite players in the mid rounds, about rounds five through ten. So we have three more players to profile later today. Really excited to get into that. But first, Moose is going to hit us with a few headlines. Yeah, we don't have any uh, terribly exciting headlines this week. Uh, Not too much happened in the NFL, but uh, a couple of headlines provided by beat writers. Uh, Trey Sermon could uh, impact as a rookie. Well, we kind of discussed that a little bit further back. and uh, (laughs) No duh. Yeah, so uh, with with the injury history in San Francisco and his talent, I I don't think that's uh, an unreasonable statement. LaVisca Cheneau Jr., best player at OTAs in minicamp. Exciting. If you've uh, put stock into uh, Jacksonville. There's a lot of hype around LaVisca. A lot of hype. Uh, Some more uh, controversial uh, headline topic. James Robinson expected to be heavily involved per Jaguars beat reporter. So, you know, there's a lot of talk back and forth about how that backfield is going to play out. So it's... uh, very interesting. Uh, more backfield headlines. Uh, we spoke about this. We were briefly excited about it and the potential, but uh, looks like he is, in fact, uh, maybe has some longer-term uh, uh, consequences, I guess, from uh, COVID. But uh, Raquel Armstead has been waived by the New York Giants. I also I just don't think he's very good. Well, uh, but, you, <laughs> but he time. was he was supposed to be the starting running back in Jacksonville. So sure. Sure. He, uh, he never really got a chance. So I, I, I think to, you That's know, sure. I know you've, you, you've stood up for him on the podcast before you, you have his back. Well, I don't think he, I don't think there's enough. Uh, he, he hasn't played enough for anyone to even make a judgment call. Sure. But uh, he was anticipated to be, uh, you know, uh, a starting running back. So unfortunate to hear that news. Uh, Antonio Gibson's growth could fuel the Washington football team offense. Ooh, we're going to talk a little Washington today. Um, and our last headline here, uh, which many jokes will be made about maybe, uh, Rashad <laughs> Bateman could be day one contributor uh, in Baltimore. Oh, yeah, and my my understanding of that is he'll be, he'll be holding Lamar Jackson's helmet after he runs for 70-yard touchdown. <laughs> or exactly. he'll get him the water. <laughs> That's my thoughts on heavily involved as a receiver on uh, that's not Mark Andrews. 
on Baltimore. There was one other headline was Urban Meyer came out and said Trevor Lawrence isn't ready yet, as in to start. And people are like, what? What? And now that mixed with the whole Tim Tebow hype, people are thinking maybe Tebow was brought in um, to start the year quarterback until Trevor Lawrence is ready. The but, headlines uh, said they were putting Tim Tebow on the practice squad. Good. They should. That's where he belongs. But anyways, the here's the quote. Um, this, is, this is from Urban Meyer. And this is via 247sports.com. We got a long training camp coming up. He's probably advanced maybe a little quicker than we would have thought, So, which was a, was a positive, Meyer said this week. One thing that we worked on when we made a decision that Trevor was going to be our number one pick, we went from the evaluation stage to the preparation stage. And that means that I want to see, I can't remember the exact date, but we started installing the playbook with him well before the draft. So you can see the retention. He's got a really good work ethic and he's progressed very well. There remains almost no universe in which Lawrence isn't under center for the Jaguars in their week one game against Houston. The, the article finishes. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just think it's funny. They're downplaying Trevor Lawrence a little bit. Well, I don't think anyone's drafting him in redraft though, or at least not early. I think he'll be drafted in most redraft leagues. He'll be like uh, Joe Burrow last year. He'll be a late pick as like a backup quarterback. I don't think you want to draft a quarterback late and choose him as your starter because it really is an unknown and it is Jacksonville. So, I mean, by all means, have him as a backup because if he hits, he hits. If he's the next Peyton Manning or or um, Andrew Luck, then it'll hit. Even yeah. Cam Newton, his first season, it took like halfway through the season for him to actually like dominate. So, yeah, it'll take time. So, I think he's a good target for people waiting on QB or if you're drafting too, like Anthony said, I think it's a uh, definite, definitely could be, let's just hope he doesn't retire like one day before the season starts uh, in a few years. Like when Andrew Luck was like, peace, I'm out of here. And like everyone had just finished their draft and drafted Andrew Luck. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I remember T.Y. Hilton was one, one of my keepers that year. That didn't go well. But... <laughs> All right. That's it for headlines. You guys ready to rock and roll? Yep. Yep. All right. I believe, according to protocol, I believe it's supposed to be Moose that starts first because it was Anthony, episode one, Dave, episode two, and Moose. It's your turn to lead off, episode three. I'm pretty sure I started episode one, but uh, I'll I'll take us us away here. (laughs) So uh, my marquee of the mid-round today is Michael Gallup. Um, And, uh, you know, I think uh, he it's a tricky one with him because he is the uh, you know, he's probably going to be the third wide receiver on the Cowboys, but uh, we'll get into that in a bit. But uh, I like, uh, I like Michael Gallup because he is a solid uh, wide receiver uh, three on the Cowboys and has, I think a ton of upside, um, especially if you're going to take him as a, uh, you know, a backup wide receiver on your team. Um, last year, even with uh, Andy Dalton under center for most of the season, he uh, he went for 843 yards and uh, five touchdowns. Uh, Tutties, Tutties. So that's uh, that's not uh, it's not too terrible. Um, he was. Um, let's like, where is it here? Here we go. So he was scoring about uh, nine points per game, uh, which I think. I think all these numbers take a boost if uh, Dak Prescott is uh, is healthy and playing this season. Um, and uh, I guess that is my main question for you guys. Uh, since we spoke about it with uh, about Pittsburgh, uh, you know, and other teams, is uh, do you guys feel that Michael Gallup will be able to be fantasy relevant with Amari Cooper and Ceedee Lamb there? And mm. you know, for that matter, throw in uh, Blake Jarwin and. And Ezekiel Elliott as well. So I'll start with this one. Um, I think we'll have our first disagreement of the marquee, marquee de la mid round. Oh yeah, Moose, uh, you gotta hit us with a hit us with a marquee, Moose. Marquee. Oh, so good. <laughs> Man. Um, I'm gonna kind of stick with a move that I had made in our dynasty league. I had Michael Gallup. I had drafted him. The in our redraft, uh, our redraft keeper and our dynasty, uh, the year that I won a dynasty championship 
and the keeper championship i had him on both my teams um i traded him away in dynasty this past year because i did not like what i saw with the three of them and with uh the tight end uh being involved uh, and obviously like you mentioned blake jarwin will most likely be another target this coming year and andy um, dalton the question was dak prescott specific right yes um with Dak Prescott there, I still feel that Gallup is further behind the two receivers for sure. He's the third receiver there. C.D. Lamb is supposed to even overtake Amari Cooper this year. And I think just competing with those two talents, not that Michael Gallup isn't, I just think, I, I think, uh, where, where, where did you say he was going Um <laughs> I have, I have Michael Gallup in half PPR right now, about 136 ADP. So like like 11th round. Right at the end. Right at the end of our, our marquee middle round. Yeah. So I do, mean, you, do you think he'll do better or worse than nine points a game? Better. Better? I think he'll do the same or worse. He was nine points per game last year. Is that what you're saying, Moose? Yeah. I, I think he's got to do uh, better. Like eight hundred and couple of yards, eight hundred and five fifty tutties. some odd it, yards, it, it, and it, it, five eight hundred yards and five tutties. Nothing to shake a stick at. Uh, no. You know, listen. If you believe, like Dak Prescott was on, and the Cowboys were, were on record-setting pace through the first four games of the season last year, they were on pace for Dak to throw seven thousand yards. Obviously, that wasn't going to happen, right? It's probably going to be more like maybe five thousand or something, but. It was, a, it was a torrid pace. So if you are a Dak Prescott believer, you think he's going to be fully healthy upon returning and the Cowboys re- will return to that dominant offense, then yeah, Gallup will be will obviously be more than nine points per game, right? I mean, he has to be. Um, if you think that the Cowboys will just be normal good, like let's say, I don't know, instead of record setting, let they're just uh, you know fifth best in the league, then maybe not, maybe not. There's a third wide receiver on that team, but... You know, if you're if you believe in in Dak and you believe in the Cowboys, then you should definitely believe in Michael Gallup at his 11th well, round price. The, the reason why I'm low on him, it's not that I don't think he can produce and the nine points a game does sound pretty good. It sounds consistent when you talk about it like that. But when I'm looking at his half PPR points per game, he's the like when I'm looking at our marquee dealer mid round, when I take uh, receivers later, it's because I'm drafting running back heavy. So if you're drafting uh, Michael Gallup, I'm looking at his games. It was 6, 6, 22, 3, 9, 3, 0, 9, 5, 3, 7, 18.1, 3, 10, 27, 6. So it's very all over the place. I know I, like I rattled it. that off fast. Very fast. I, I love how you were also like 2, 23, 4, 5, 0. <laughs> yeah, 0. Like, that one stood out. Well, I heard that one. <laughs> yeah. But... um. He played that game. He was targeted. Uh, so zero points is not, it's not, not ideal. It's not ideal. Fantasy. So yeah. he, he did have stretches where he had like four weeks of single digit points. Um, I think if you're drafting a wide receiver late, like some of the other ones that we've mentioned, we mentioned Michael Pittman Jr. We mentioned T Higgins. These are guys that are going to take over the number one spot or can yeah, take over the number one spot or is the number one on their team already that are going later. So for him, we know he's three and I think it's a gamble. I don't know, Moose, whether you'd say take him at 11th or you're saying he should be taken earlier, like in the eighth or ninth round. I'm not sure wh- where you feel on that. I, end I think you, I think you get him in the 11th is probably your fourth or fifth wide receiver. I mean, I think that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not very high in Michael Gallup because I. It's he's clearly the number three, and I don't think that we'll see record-setting numbers in uh, Dallas. I think they'll be good, um, but I don't think we'll see record-setting. Um, and I think CD Lamb's definitely going to CD and Amari Cooper are going to command a lot uh, of that offense. So I'm not super high on him. Eleven, I mean, eleventh round. He's still a yeah. young guy. He's only 25 years old, um, and the abilities there. He's just they just got to feed him. Can I ask you guys since you brought up Michael Pittman, Anthony? Mm-hmm. So would you rather have Michael Gallup or Michael Pittman? Michael Pittman Jr. Moose? Yeah, I'd rather have Michael Pittman. I think I would too because he has a, a chance to be the number one. Gallup is a tougher stretch. Pittman's being drafted in half PPR 123, so about a whole round earlier. Um, would you rather have uh, Michael Gallup or LaVisca Chanel? The hype on LaVisca Chanel. LaVisca Chanel. I think I'd rather have Gallup. 
I, it's tough for me. I think, I think I'd go Visca as long as I don't have any other Jacksonville. I, I'd like one Jacksonville on my team. I don't want to load up, but I, I want one because I think they're going to be good. Um, LaVisca is 120 ADP. So again, a full round plus earlier. Um, would you rather the rookie Jalen Waddle in Miami or Michael Gallup? I don't think I have to answer that one. <laughs> Moose is Gallup. We know that. Well, I'm just not taking anyone from Miami. Uh, yeah, you're not taking anyone from Miami. We know that. Anthony? I, I think I think I'm going to go with Waddle because I think at worst he'll perform the same way as Gallup. Um, upside is obviously so higher. Why wouldn't you just take Gallup? You know what Gallup's going to do. Yeah, but but, it, it, but but right, but but for me, how I look at it, because I'm very low on Tua, but Waddle was drafted to eventually be the number one, and he could be the number one on that team. So target-wise, he'll get more targets and has more of an upside, whereas Gallup's upside is third wide receiver. His is number one, which could generate more points for him. More targets is better for a fantasy player that late in the draft. So I get the real question is. Is the third receiving option on the best offense in fantasy or one of the best offenses in fantasy yeah. better than the second receiving option or even the best receiving option on what could be the worst fantasy offense? You know, it, it's like it's an interesting question. But I mean, yeah, they, they have a high powered offense, Dallas, that is. But will they be number one? Like we've seen Dallas, you know, like exceed expectations then we see them severely well, like in real football we know dallas is gonna right. they're gonna drop the ball right they're gonna you know lose to the Somehow. Giants and not yeah, make yeah. the playoffs or lose in the first week of the playoffs but for fan we don't care about that we just care about fantasy yeah. <laughs> are they gonna throw a ton so it's an interesting question i got one more for you would you rather uh michael gallup or by the way waddle was adp 125 so going before i uh, would you rather michael gallup or mike williams the Chargers' number two option with Justin Herbert there, uh, who's receiving yet again uh, tons of hype. Michael Gallup, and I think I've just been burned by Mike Williams. In the past. Yeah, <laughs> he's always too. a sleeper. I've had him a couple times as a sleeper, so I- I'd probably go Gallup. And Mike Williams is r- being drafted right before Gallup in half point PPR, one thirty four. Gallup's one thirty six. So it's interesting. So we we all chose at least one person that's being drafted before Michael Gallup. So. In half PPR, so it's interesting. Moose, anything else to add on uh, on uh, Mikey, no, Mikey I just, G? I just think he's. Um, I mean, you can almost call him like a handcuff too, because I, you know, he, right? He's he's talented enough to to, think of to come in as a, you know, as as the wide receiver too. Should anything happen to to the the one and two that are already there? Yeah, if Cooper or Lamb were out, then Gallup would be. I mean, he'd be drafted way earlier, right? Yeah. And it's important to note that he, he, I think there was a lot of hype on Gallup coming into last season um, because, you know, people weren't, you know, sure what role CeeDee Lamb was going to have. And I can't remember. How was his first four games? Well, was he good? With, yeah, there was that game three against Seattle where he had 22 points with Dak, right? Yeah. So Dak was, Dak was targeting um, uh, Gallup quite a bit. So. I mean, in 2019, he went for over a thousand yards and six tutties. Right. Six and that's tutties. why I drafted him because I knew with Dak Prescott in that year in the dynasty that it was going to be Dak Prescott throwing to Amari and Michael Gallup. But then when they drafted CeeDee Lamb, I was like, hmm, this is peculiar. Do they not think they can roll with those two only? Because Gallup really uh, impressed. I think they could feed all three. CD but they, Lamb, they can, but I don't think it's consistent enough for Gallup. This is important. The CD Lamb drafting, normally I would say, Anthony, you're right. Oh, man, they draft a first-round wide receiver when they already had two very good ones. Usually it would indicate they don't believe in their number two. Um, like in the case of uh, Rondell Moore being drafted to Arizona, they're not super high on Christian Kirk. But in this case, they didn't expect CD Lamb to fall to them. They were eyeing, I think, defense. and But then when CD Lamb... Because he was projected to go earlier when they when he fell to them, they you know um, what's his name Jerry Jones got all excited. He's like, well, we got to take. He called it in. He's like, we got to take Ceedee Lamb. And, you know, and he's all excited. And he's like, you got to wear eighty eight, same as Des Bryant and uh, Michael Irvin. Um, so I don't. It's not necessarily um, uh, you know that they don't believe in Gallup. Well, it's just maybe there's too many mouths to feed. Like 
But that's what uh, I, I but think, that's what I'm saying is I don't think that's the case. Yeah, but that's what I'm I'm saying for redraft his inconsistency week to week being a third because he's solidified the third spot as as wide receiver on the team. So the inconsistency is what I don't want in redraft. Maybe late like late round flyer like eleventh round, twelfth round, maybe. But in yep. redraft, I'm I'm not trusting it. Yeah, but I, but I would. Know, I would exactly, go ahead, Miss. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I would put almost the inconsistency on Andy Dalton. Uh, no, I think it'll be any quarterback. I just think yeah. Amari Cooper yeah. and CD Lamb will just have yeah. more targets if than you will. If you're the third receiver on the on any team and the fourth option after Zeke, yeah, there's going to be inc- plus your receiver. Receivers are always inconsistent, so there mm-hmm. will be some inconsistency inconsistency there. Got yeah. excited, but. As my wide receiver, like in that round, round 11, I mean, I wouldn't like he's not my favorite target, but to have a piece of a of what should be one of the better off, uh, fantasy should, offenses, yeah. it's like, eh, you know, as your fourth or fifth wide receiver. Yeah, why not? He's not my favorite, but I can see it. I get the argument for it. All right. We moving on. Sure. OK, that was fun. That was fun. Well, gallop. Yeah. That's my noise for galloping. I'm really not 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 a sound effects guy. No. I can't roll no. my R. I can't do uh <laughs> what is it in Monty Python? They knock the coconuts together when they're yeah. pretending to be on the horse. Yeah, that's what I need. Yeah. Some coconuts. All right, Anthony, you up. All right. So my pick this week or this episode is not wide receiver, it's a running back, Jamal Williams. Uh the new running back for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> The new old, the new old, but number one question mark. So uh, let's dive into this. So, so, um, so obviously, or I'll just mention for those of you who don't know, for you listeners, uh, he comes from Green Bay. He was behind Aaron Jones, who was an elite running back. But when Aaron Jones has been out, um, Jamal Williams has shined as a number two. And is an extremely talented number Sean. two. Sean. Sean. <laughs> um, he's Sean. He's going into his fifth year uh, with a completely new coaching staff in Detroit um, with Dan Campbell as the head coach, Anthony Lynn, a former NFL running back and head coach for the, uh, I was going to say San Diego, the LA Chargers. Um, but now the offensive coach. Um, and we've we've talked about on previous uh, episodes in the news segment where um, – they'll kind of roll with the hot hand. Uh, It's not obvious that DeAndre Swift going into sophomore year will be the clear cut number one. Uh, We'll probably get majority of the touches, the initial touches, but I think Jamal Williams can surpass him or be more of a consistent option uh, in the run game, especially kind of like uh, I'm looking at an LA type uh, LA Rams type style uh, running situation. From last, um, from last season, from when? Um, ju- just kind of rolling with like a Henderson and a, and a Cam Akers, maybe more like how this season's going to go for them, um, because they obviously had Malcolm Brown there the last season, so there was three of them. But I think there's so much potential for Jamal Williams here because, like I mentioned, I always thought he was a good option to have in previous years on your fantasy team as a handcuff for if Aaron for if Aaron Jones got injured. And even we talked about it last uh, last season where it was a good option to have maybe week to week, depending on who were they uh, who they were playing. If it was a weaker defense for the run game, you can slot him in there and get, you know, a solid like 10 points if you got a touchdown in there. But it's Detroit. We don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> they're going to be a mess this year. They're going to go with the hot hands wherever they can m- – they'll go to whoever will move the ball up the field for them. So if it's going to be DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams and no wide receivers, then I mean, it's still positive for Jamal Williams. But that's it, right? The, the, that you, you hit the nail on the head, Anthony. They they don't have a lot of receiving options. They got TJ Hawkinson, then they got rookies and second-year players or, yeah. or washed-up veterans. No, no has-beens. Yeah, no offense to Brashad Perryman and Terrell Williams, but... So the running game, the running backs will be featured in this office. And Dan Campbell's style and philosophy is a hard-nosed, bite your kneecaps off, hit you in the face kind of style. They're going to ground and pound. And then Anthony Lynn, who's a former running back, loves running backs. And I think you mentioned as well, Anthony, loves veterans. 
loves veteran running backs and reliable guys who are going to do the small things right, you know, like uh, pick up the blitz uh, blocking or, you know, finish out the the fake handoff or, you know, just uh, leadership and stuff. And Jamal Williams is loved in the locker room. I don't know if you ever see him interviewed. He's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, has a real zest for the game and for life. He's one of my favorite mid-round uh, targets and i think he's gonna he's gonna feature well yeah, I, even if swift's the lead guy he's gonna feature well in this offense i find myself drafting him in most of my mock drafts that i've done uh he's usually he's going late eighth early ninth i'm not sure if he's listed somewhere else on where you were looking for consensus uh dave but i find him i find myself getting him mostly in the early ninth round um I have Jamal Williams in half PPR, one one of the half PPR rankings that he's uh, his ADP is one thirty one right now, which would put him round eleven, round eleven half PPR. Yeah. So people, you know, are hopping on the bandwagon. The, the they're seeing the opportunity there, and that's what you want. That 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 was my debate about Michael Gallup. I think the opportunity is what I look for in redraft, which is why I felt like Waddle over. Gallup might be better. I don't believe in Tua really his passing game, but a lot of people do. It's his sophomore year, but that's why I feel Jamal Williams could be uh, like a home run drafting him between, I guess, the ninth and the eleventh round. Um, some guys that are going before him, if all like in one of my mock drafts, are Tony Pollard, AJ Dillon, Zach Moss. Javonta Williams, um, Leonard Fournette. We said before, we don't want anything to do with Leonard Fournette because they're going to roll with a different running back week to week. Uh, Tony Pollard uh, did fill in for a couple games when Ezekiel Elliott was having a tough time or fumbling the ball, but they always went back to Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Naeem Hines is another one that I forgot to mention. Uh, he's clearly the backup to Jonathan Taylor, more of a receiving option for uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Zach Moss with Devin Singletary. They both underwhelmed last year. Yeah, I mean, I and, a starting yeah. a sure starting running back. Yeah, I I like I, I would still kind of take before. So, for example, or what we feel is a sure starting running back. So would you rather Jamal Williams or, or Michael Carter, the rookie with the New York Jets? Jamal Williams. Yeah, Jamal Williams. Oh wow, both Jamal Williams. Okay, I think it's t- it's really tough for me, but I think I think I might go Michael Carter because of his pathway to being a number one. Michael Carter is actually being drafted the same spot in half PPR as uh, the Jets. As Jamal Williams. I know. The My Jets. rule is uh, yeah. I have the Jets in there too. With like Moose is Miami. Don't draft. I, I like I like Michael Carter too. I just I don't think they're going to be a run heavy team. I think sure, they're really passing passing to the running back as well. Checkdowns. You know, yeah, I just like I think at, Jamal Williams will have also that opportunity. He will. He he will. But, uh, but ju- and just looking at some of those players I mentioned, like Tony Pollard finished below Jamal Williams last year and Jamal Williams was the clear cut number two. Now, I think it's going to be a so running back Pollard, by Kim- Yeah, but he finished ahead of him. And now he Pollard is in the same role, whereas Williams sees will definitely see an increase in touches and targets, I believe. Um, Fournette just finished above him by four fantasy points, and people are drafting Fournette like two, three rounds earlier compared to Jamal Williams. I mean, they're drafting Fournette based on name. And I mentioned guys like uh, Daryl Henderson on the Rams. Daryl Henderson finished above him. That's a backup running back. So we, I definitely, that's a good I comp. Guarantee you that Jamal Williams will. And he finished uh, 39th in half point PPR. I guarantee you he'll finish within maybe just outside RB2 or just within RB2 territory. In his first year as a backup, uh, I believe he came in with Aaron Jones. That I might not be correct, but his first year he finished 28th. So just outside running back two territory. I think now in his in role standard 28 in standard in half point in half point. Okay. In half point. So um, I do think so you, you can... see Jamal Williams finishing a guaranteed RB two low RB two or just outside the RB two, which is a <sighs> huge increase. And I mean, it could be higher. I mean, if Swift struggles, Jamal Williams is going to take over. 
could always be higher. Any running backs one injury away from skyrocketing up the exactly. rankings, right? But I think um, he'll get definitely more work because DeAndre Swift is not an Aaron Jones. Well, well not pump, yet, pump but he has, the, he has he's a, he had has like half a season. Right. But that's why I'm saying he hasn't proven himself yet. And Jamal Williams is looking for an opportunity to prove himself. And with the news coming out of Detroit that they're kind of uh, Anthony Lynn likes what he sees from Jamal Williams. Uh, they'll kind of roll with the hot hand. Yeah, they've I, also uh, said they really like what they see out of DeAndre Swift as well. So, <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. They're, they're, they're talking both of them up. So they're not saying yeah, they like so one more than the committee. other. But it's fine. But listen, Jamal Williams in the 11th round or where you can get him for someone who you know even if the ma- his max upside is like a 50-50 split with uh Andrew Swift it's good it's great value and then who knows who knows wh- how he's going to be featured and Swift got injured in his first year right he had yep. a concussion issue i believe um Played 13 knock on games. Wood. yeah knock on wood we don't you know ever wish injury but you know already in your first year you have some concussion issues then uh you know, it's it's a, a very smart pick. I love Jamal Williams at, at that spot. If you were asking me to take Jamal Williams in round eight, I'd feel much differently about it. But Jamal Williams in round 11? Pfft, take it. What about round nine? I take you it every day. Round nine take is it, higher? I take it every day and twice on Tuesday. Uh, round nine, it, it, more to think about uh, in round nine. Okay, so like who else, I'll, who I'll else rattle is, them off again. So, round nine guys. so in my mock draft, people that are going before, would you rather Tony Pollard or okay, Jamal Anthony, Williams? Anthony, you're always you're all about this. This is this one mock draft you did? No, no, no. It's several. It's several. I said <laughs> okay, I, okay. I find myself drafting him in several. A, you've taken and he's a, gone an up from eleventh in right. sleeper specifically. He's gone up from eleventh from when I started mock drafting earlier, and he's going ninth, uh, early ninth round now in several that I've done over the past three weeks. So, would you rather Tony Pollard or Jamal Williams? Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. Uh, would you rather Naeem Hines or Jamal Williams? Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. Naeem Hines, uh, Zach Moss, or Jamal Williams? Jamal Williams. That one's closer. Because we're talking about the same opportunity to be the starting running back. And Buffalo is going to dominate the AFC. Zach Moss is the starting running back. He is the starting running back. Well, him and Devin Singletary. You're right. He has more of an edge than... Uh... No, Zach Moss is the starting running back. Okay. Okay. So, yes. So, but so it's still going to be quite a share with him and Singletary, no? But he's in the know. DeAndre Swift version of, of the share. I would take Zach Moss, I think. I would go Jamal Williams. Zach Moss burnt me last year, and I took it personally. Um, yeah, Leonard Fournette Williams. or Jamal Williams? <laughs> Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. Yeah, Jamal Williams. I, so Leonard Fournette, maybe you can drum that up on your list there. Leonard Fournette's going in the uh, late seventh. Yeah, he's going early. Yeah, he he's is going. is ADP 70, earlier in half PPR. And then, yeah, so I mean, Jamal Williams, we're, we're naming him above all these guys going before him. And basically the next guy taken in, I'm looking at a couple of my mock drafts here, is Mike Davis, Kenyon Drake, and James Conner. So I think like Mike Davis is the line before you get into these. Hold where, on. Where, there's where, a where huge is, drop where off. is Mike Davis going? He's going sixth, seventh round. Yeah, he was okay. one of your marquee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying I'm that's saying, the I'm line. saying in your mock drafts, I thought. I thought he was going near Jamal Williams. I was like, what? No, no, no. I'm I, going I kind of question the legitimacy here. I'm taking okay. I'm, I'm yeah. mentioning guys that are going before him. So yeah. I think Mike Davis is the line. And then there's a huge drop off. And I find myself looking at these running backs going after yep. besides the rookies, because you also get a uh, you get a, a Javonta Williams thrown in there, which I think would the three uh, were the two of you take Javonta Williams over Jamal Williams. Yes, I would. Yeah, I would yeah. as well. Yeah. So it's kind of like. He's the better of the Jay Williamses. Yes, exactly. at this point. <laughs> so, I mean, it makes sense for us, at least, that Jamal Williams should be higher because of opportunity other than, or, and there's another one I miss, A.J. Dillon. I know Moose will probably take A.J. Dillon. In a redraft? Um, no, I'd, pro- I'd probably still take Jamal Williams. I might go Jamal Williams, but A.J. Dillon, the only thing about Green Bay is that if you have any kind of injury, they rest you. So at one point next year, Aaron Jones will sit out a game and AJ Dillon will destroy. So if you want to win that one week that AJ Dillon's the starter, if not more, because anything can happen, right? It's a, he's a good, he's in a good spot. He's a, a better handcuff. I would say. 
Well, I mean, they would be kind of like how Jamal Williams performed when Aaron Jones was out. So, I mean, I guess the expectation for A.J. Dillon would be what Jamal Williams did. Jamal Williams had weeks where he had like 19 points. Uh, I think the year before he had 20 points. So, like, they're both – they'll both be – they. A.J. Dillon will be productive because we know that the way they operate the run game will be successful for whoever's there. So, yeah. I mean... A.J. Dillon's just plus, his role's much different than Jamal Williams's. But plus, I think A.J. AJ Dillon will get any kind of goal line work. He might, that yeah. Too. I mean, yeah. he's huge. He's huge. He could just lean forward. He's going to fall in the end zone. Yeah. Oh, baby. All right, anything else on Jamal Williams? Uh, no. I think that's Jamal we have to talk about. Ah. <laughs> well, that brings me to my marquee Dilla mid-round for today. Moose, can you hit me with the marquee? Marquee. And that that's is Curtis one. Samuel, uh, wide receiver for the Washington Washingtons, Roman numeral two, which if you're new to the podcast is our name for the Washington football team, because we thought that's about as silly as all the other names they came up with or not having a name. So uh, Curtis Samuel plays for the Washington Washingtons this year. He stands at five foot 11, 195 pounds. Oh yeah. I'm throwing it in just like he's a college profiler. Uh, his current ADP in PPR, we have him going 129th overall or around 11 in half PPR. He's going a little bit earlier. He's 106th overall or around nine. So he's somewhere in that nine to 11 range in your drafts right now. Does that sound about right to you guys? Yep. Anthony, yep. you want to vet that against your most recent mock draft? That oh, you're doing I have right it now. <laughs> Where for did the past go for, in your for, mock draft? Where did he go? I want to he know. He went between there uh, for the last month. He went between. Uh, I think there was only one. Yeah, I'm looking at. There's one where he went in the eighth, but everything mm-hmm. else he was ninth between ninth and eleventh. Okay, good to know. So Curtis Sam, I'll give you a little history on um, on Curtis. Is he's uh, first name basis? He's 24 years old, so he's still very young going into his fifth year in the NFL. Um, last season, he finishes wide receiver number 25 on the year in half PPR. Not too bad. And he was the third option on the Carolina Panthers team that I would say struggled at times to get the offense going. Um, he posted stat lines of 77 receptions, 851 yards, three receiving tutties, as well as 200 yards on the ground and two rushing tutties. So pretty comparable to Michael Gallup numbers there, I would say with the 851. Um, now, here's my first question for you guys. Is So he's now Curtis Samuels moved to Washington. He was with Teddy Bridgewater-led... Carolina offense. Now he's got Ryan Fitzmagic. Is that an upgraded QB? Yes. Yes. Okay. I would say so as well. Do you see Curtis Samuel as second on the depth chart after Terry McLaurin um, in terms of the receiving game in Washington? It, that's my, the end of my question. It didn't sound like the end. Of- <laughs> yeah, it did sound like oh, yeah, <laughs> big time. Okay. So yeah. he's, the, he's second. Do you agree that he was for the most part of last season? He was the third on the depth chart in Carolina. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so we have an upgraded QB, and we have an upgrade in depth chart. He's now second receiving option on Washington. Um, now, here's the downside. Washington is a complete unknown right now, okay? we Ryan Fitzmagic was brought in. Curtis Samuels brought in. Adam Humphreys is brought in. They got a ton of running backs. Um, you would expect if they brought Fitzmagic in, they brought Curtis Samuel in and Adam Humphreys, you would expect a little bit more passing maybe or that to be featured a little bit more, but – we don't really know, um, but what we can probably bet is they're not going to light it up like the Kansas City Chiefs or the Dallas Cowboys the first four games last year. That's probably not going to be Washington. They have a good running game and uh, a great defense. I but disagree. Disagree with what? I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is definitely going to light it up. Okay. I, and that's what I like to hear. That's what I like <laughs> to hear. But did you know? So last, did, would you say that they they were lighting it up on through the air last year? No. No, but did you know that they they actually threw on 60% of their plays last year? They had 600 pass attempts, only 400 rushing attempts last year. Now, a lot of those were dump offs and short passes and like Alex Smith check downs. But guess what Curtis Samuel is great at? He can do that or he can do the other. Um, So let's say 600 passing attempts from last year. McLaurin would get the lion's share of those receptions. Let's say McLaurin gets 150. Let's say the running backs as a group get the same they got last year, which is 161 targets, okay? So 150 to Terry McLaurin, 161 
to the running backs. Logan Thomas got 110 last year, should get around that again. That still leaves 200 plus targets for the rest. And out of the rest, Curtis Samuel is going to be the guy. And so I could easily see him getting over 100 targets in this offense next year and could be looking at better numbers than what what got him number 25 in the season last year. So there is a potential there, I think, for him to be a, a wide receiver two um, in this offense. Probably not a wide receiver one. That's probably not in his upside, but he has a wide receiver two upside. Would you guys agree with that? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yep. Those, those numbers check out for you? Yeah. They do. Okay, awesome. Now, don't forget that Samuel is being reunited with his former head coach, Ron Rivera. Anthony? Reunited and it it feels feels so good. good. We're off. I think you're hearing my audio later. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're off. We're always off. And right? then I'm hesitating because I'm trying yeah, to catch you, up to you. Exactly. You jumped yeah. in, then you hesitated. It's okay. Yeah. So uh, Ron Rivera and Curtis Hamill reunited. So Ron Rivera was the head coach who drafted uh, or was part of the team that drafted Curtis Samuel in round two, 40th overall in 2017. Round two is high for wide receivers back then. And they also gave him a three-year, $34.5 million contract with $23 million guaranteed. That's big money um, for a wide receiver, too. So they obviously invested a lot in Curtis Samuel. They clearly have a plan to use him. You don't throw $23 million away. Um, they have a plan to use this guy. I think we'll see him use... Um, similar to how he's used in Carolina, which is he'll take he'll take um, handoffs in the backfield. He'll be used as an H back. Um, he'll he'll be used in motion. He'll be used in the slot out wide. Um, jet sweeps. I think we'll we'll see Curtis Samuel um, used quite a bit in this offense, and he can still be used downfield. And then you got Terry McLaurin there, who's the clear number one, but will all, always command the best corner on the other team as well, and maybe even double coverage sometimes. That's how good Terry McLaurin is. So. I think that there's opportunity there for for Curtis Samuel to to crush it. Fair. No arguments there? Okay. Yeah. Let's do a little would you rather then with Curtis Samuel. Mm. Okay. Would you rather Curtis Samuel or Juju Smith-Schuster? Juju. I picked this one in particular because, again, Juju's like maybe the third option on a pass, what was a pass heavy offense versus the number two on what we, we don't know type of offense. I don't think like maybe the numbers show that he is a third option, but I think each year would will change at least for now. Well, he so was I'm the gonna, second last year. Chase Claypool had a, a few big games that really put him over the top. But yeah, really. Juju so I'm going to go option. Juju. OK, I think. As a Pittsburgh homer, I almost don't want to go Juju. Um, but I think in that case, it would be Juju for me. But we all had to think about it. Juju Smith-Schuster's ADP and half PPR 74 right now compared to Curtis Samuel's uh, 106. So quite a bit earlier. Would you rather, Anthony, this one's for you, Curtis Samuel or Jarvis Landry? Curtis Samuel. Jarvis Landry. <laughs> And I'll I, say this because yeah. Odell Beckham is going to do nothing again. And Jarvis Landry will take over. But he's still again. there. And Baker Mayfield's still going to be feel like he needs yeah, to throw he's still him there, 10 times a game. And he'll start there and he won't finish there. Oh, he'll so, get traded. He could get traded. He could or, get traded. or finish at home sitting and oh, dealing with an injury. We never wish for injuries, but he is injury prone. Um, I would go Curtis Samuel in that case. Um, just I think Cleveland's going to run like a thousand times and pass like a hundred, but okay. Got a couple more. Um, Chris Samuel or Jamar chase rookie for the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, by the way, Landry was ADP 99 much earlier. Well, a little bit earlier. Jamar chase. That's Jamar chase. Tougher, eh? Yeah. I think I'm going Jamar chase. Okay, I think I would go Jamar Chase for the upside. I think I get really excited about uh, super talented rookies coming in the league. He's 101, so slightly before um, Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel or Brandon Cooks, the lone wolf left in uh, Houston. My goodness. Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I'm going to go Curtis Samuel as well. I I think I'd go Curtis Samuel as well. And Brandon Cooks, he's a clear number number one wide receiver, but we don't know his QB is. He's being drafted 94th right now in half PPR. Curtis Samuel's 106. All right, last one. Curtis Samuel or Jerry Judy? Judge Judy, Denver Broncos sophomore wide receiver. Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. 
I think I'd go Curtis Samuel in this case as well. Just because we don't know. We don't know Jerry Judy. We don't know Denver. Drew Locke. Teddy Bridgewater. Um, Jerry Judy's going 95th ADP. Aaron so Rodgers. No, I'm trying. I mean, if it's Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> see you later. I take Jerry Judy yeah. way earlier. Or Cortland Sutton. There's a lot of options in Denver. Yeah. All right. That was fun, guys. That was fun. Anything else on Curtis Samuel? Nope. Nope. That's it. All right. Well, then, uh, Anthony, I don't know if you're ready, but I believe it's time for They Said It on Reddit. All right. So this one's coming from user bashful underscore bayleaf. Interesting mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. Most bayleafs I know are, are quite bashful. Sure. Uh, I'll, t- <laughs> I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um, all right. So this one uh, kind of goes with what we've been talking about for the past three episodes with uh, the Marquis de la Mid-Round. Um, it says, sell me on a player from the round six to eight range. Every time I do a mock draft, I constant- I'm constantly disappointed with the players left on the board at that point. Players like Chark, Sutton, Robinson, and Singletary feel very underwhelming from my perspective, including the tight ends and QBs. So I constantly feel the urge to overdraft the uh, the later sleepers. I want to see what your more informed opinions on who in the range is a solid value so I can feel more confident in my drafts. Well, you see, we come up with, uh, like, we do this podcast to help out people like yourself. <laughs> I mean, if you find yourself struggling in all your mock drafts from round six on, you got a big problem, but we're here to help. So we, we, we got are one for you. here to help. So first of all, yeah, listen to all our marquee episodes because there's plenty of people in that range that we'd be selling you on. Yeah. And we didn't name any of the ones that you're not a fan of. So, I mean... So we got far. you. But in previous so yeah, previous episodes we did uh, Mike Davis, TJ Hawkinson, Debo Samuel, who are all in that range. Mm-hmm. Um and then last week we featured who did we feature guys? T Higgins on my part. Pittman last week, Michael Pittman Jr., of course, and Moose. Who did you feature last week? Was that Odell? Not Odell. No, no, no. It wasn't Odell. Ayuk? No. No. Cortland Sutton? No. No. Uh, like, Robbie, Anderson. Um, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. I got you. Mister Anderson. Mister. But I listened to. I listened back to it, and it didn't sound. Yours sounded way more closer to the bad guy to Mister Smith. I didn't sound like him at all. I've seen the Matrix <laughs> over a thousand times. Oh, uh, me too. But I was doing like I. I exaggerated it too much. <laughs> more like Mister Anderson. I got to work on it uh, for next time. <laughs> Anyways, all that to say, we've featured plenty of people on the podcast to uh, answer those questions. <laughs> Anthony's cracking up now. But on on um, Bashful Bayleaf's list in particular, were a few guys that actually I would say I do like and I would try to sell them on. Uh, one of those would be DJ Chark Jr. And uh, DJ Chark Jr. last year, very underwhelming season which is part of the reason why he's drifted down um, in in these mock drafts and in his ADP. Because last year he was touted as one of these players going in the mid-rounds that could end up at wide receiver one. Um, and if that was where you what you drafted them for, then, then he busted. Um, of course, last year they had terrible quarterback play. Uh, Gardner Minshew was injured, had a broken thumb. They had Mike Glennon in there at some points. They had, did they have Jake Luton? I think they had Jake Luton one game. Well, they lost Nick Foles in game one. Lost Nick Foles. Um, no, no, that, that was in last two year. Years ago. Two years ago. Nick uh, Foles was on Chicago last year. Yeah. Um, anyways, so DJ Chark didn't pan out. But the year before, um, which if you guys can vet for me, would, would have been his second season. In his sophomore season, I believe. Um, uh, he had a great uh, chemistry with Gardner Minshew. And at one point, halfway through the year, he was number four wide receiver on the year for about half the season. So people were thinking, wow, if he can keep that pace up or something similar, he could be a wide receiver one. He, he still has that talent. DJ Chark still has that talent. He also put on some muscle, which was requested of him by uh, Urban Meyer and the staff. Um, he's a clear red zone threat. And now that they have Trevor Lawrence there and other weapons like Travis Etienne, James Robinson, LaVisca Cheneau, Marvin Jones, he won't get all the attention of the defense. And I think there's an opportunity in Jacksonville for one of those receivers to emerge as a as a wide receiver one in fantasy 
or at least a wide receiver, a very high end wide receiver too. So there's tons of opportunity there. You could say LaVisca has more value and he does because he's going later. But I really like DJ Chark Jr. as the most talented receiver on that team uh, to be the lead the lead guy for Trevor Lawrence. So uh, if I could sell you Bashful Bayleaf on DJ Chark, there it is. What about you guys? Anyone else uh, that you would sell? Do you agree with the DJ Chark take or completely disagree? Moose, Anthony? you like DJ Chark? Oh, 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 Anthony? Um, I mean, I got burned by him last year and I didn't get burned by him the year before. I still don't know how I feel. I, I mean, it is higher. I, I would say don't be so low on him, um, Mr. Bayleaf. Um, <laughs> he's putting like they need the number one guy. I know we've talked about LaVisca Cheneau in our headlines a bunch of times and how he's showing improvement and he's the guy at camp but i mean dj Chark's going to be the guy the uh, urban meyer wants him to put on weight so he becomes their strong number one receiving option and with trevor lawrence there i mean i think everyone is just going to play better out in jacksonville offensively so 2019 that year that i was talking about um, finish 18th i have he, in half ppr he might might have been higher i got him at 15 in standard 17 in ppr I got him at 73 receptions, 1,008 yards, uh, and eight touchdowns that year. Um, and I was with Gardner Minshew. So I feel like he's he's got that. He clear, he's done it. He's done it in the season where he was just on the border of being a wide receiver one in fantasy. So, so Bashful Bailey, if you can't ignore the fact that Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be the next Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, whatever the epic um, elite Tom. QBs that – have come into the league and made an instant impact. Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be that guy. So everybody gets a huge boost with that. Yep. Anyone yeah. else? What about Cortland Sutton, Anthony? And you're pretty high on Cortland Sutton. I, well, I think I as, long, this, as long as Teddy Bridgewater starts. Yeah. I mean, we saw Teddy Bridgewater. Well, even with Drew I Locke mean, there, he got yeah. Cortland Sutton. Drew Locke was the quarterback for uh, Cortland Sutton's first season, which, uh, um, where did he finish? So you said Chark finished 17th. Uh, I had 18th. Cortland Sutton was was up there in that. 19th. That two so ago. I have him 19th. In half PPR? In half point PPR. Yeah. It might be 18th. With Drew Locke. With Drew Locke. Yeah. So, I mean, Cortland Sutton was injured last year. I know you're not high on him. You're probably low on him because Jerry Judy's there and you got a whole slew of, like, sophomore um, – uh receivers over there but Cortland Sutton is he's a massive dude I believe he's like 6'4 216 yeah he's gonna be the touchdown guy his first season um he had seven on oh maybe it's I'm just recalling the throw where Drew Locke sorry he's going to his fourth season fourth season Drew Locke probably had no business throwing the ball here and just tossed it up and Cortland Sutton dove around and under a defender and caught it with one hand in the end zone. That was two seasons ago. And that was when I was like, whoa. Cortland two Sutton. seasons ago, 1,112 <laughs> yards, six tutties. Tutties. Yeah, I, I would definitely take Cortland Sutton for sure. Yeah. And he, I remember last year he was being drafted um, fairly early as like a wide receiver two or three with one of those guys with upside. Now he's being drafted almost later. Why? Because he got hurt, you know, and people forgot about him. So these are the types of players that you can get tons of value on. Players that drop for non-logical reasons. Everyone gets hurt in football. Everyone. It's the one league. The NFL is the one league with a 100% injury rate. So, you know, as long as it's an injury that you can rehabilitate, you sh- that shouldn't affect your decision on someone. So if you were high on them last year, why not be high on them this year? Yep. Come on. All right. So hopefully we sold them on some, but uh, definitely have a listen to our marquee episodes. Um, we'll try and convince you on, uh, on Mike Davis or T Higgins or Debo guys, or did you have another one? <laughs> guys? I finished my, first of all, I finished my white claw as a watermelon white claw to cool off from the heat. Cause it was, it's just crazy hot. So my watermelon white claw is done. It's a five percenter, uh, delightful by the way. I don't know if you guys ever do white. you guys ever do white claws. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, apparently these these seltzers are are all the rage this summer. Yeah, I mean, like they're 100 calories. 
But uh, known fact, I don't know for you, Dave, One if gram it's of different, sugar. If it's different for you, but here in Quebec, since most uh, since all of our liquor is sold from the SAQ, yeah, um, the White Claws from the grocery store or Depeners or corner stores for right. other people are different than the White Claws sold at our SAQs. So the one sold at the SAQ has liquor inside, and the White Claws from the grocery stores or corner stores have they use malt not liquor oh right yes so it's not a true it's not like a vodka soda exactly right 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 i don't know i heard that as well i don't know what this one is does yours say malt on it it will say malt on the front if it is a malt like uh where the red mark is on the front watermelon melon dough five percent hundred calories sparkling hard seltzer so that's not alcoholic beverage sweet okay good good because malt is like more of a headache recipe, right? Right. Okay. Drink a cool. few malts and uh, definitely going to have a hangover. Yeah. Oh, good to know. Good to know. Well, that's my first drink. My second drink is uh, a classic Lighthouse Poseidon Pale Ale, 5%. Love the artwork. Lighthouse is uh, just down the street from where I live. When you guys visit, we shall go in our stand-up paddleboard brewery tour, which I'm organizing. Hashtag copyright. I'm uh, I'm drinking a Modelo that Anthony left at my house, <laughs> and uh, it's delicious. Modelo is very good. It's a delightful very beer. Good. Very from, good for summer summertime drinking from Mexico, Mexico. Anthony, we got. Um, so today I didn't have a beer. I was having a Balvenie uh, Scotch uh, Caribbean Cask Edition, which oh. was also being drank drunk drank at Moose's house when I went over. Mm. So. It really gave me it's the thirst tasty. for it. I had some already on hand, so I had one. I pretty much downed it at the beginning of the episode, but then I'm taking a page out of Dave's book and having some water. Eska, not a not a sponsorship. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that. What a boy! A little scotch, a little water, moose. Plus, I had to uh, shut off the AC to so it didn't make noise in the background. So uh, the water is helping keep me refreshed. You gotta stay hydrated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, love it. Love it. All right, guys. Any words of wisdom? Have you guys been watching uh, Loki? Oh, no. Yes. No, not yet. Moose, you're saving it. Are you not a big I, Marvel? You're not a big Marvel guy, eh, Moose? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I just I haven't really gotten into any of it. Uh, I still haven't watched WandaVision. Mm. It's pretty good. I mean, you are Pyro today, honorary John Allardyce from uh, X-Men. So you should be into Marvel. You And you are. You are. But you're definitely an X-Men guy, so. Yeah. Um, Loki is... No, yes, he is. He likes X-Men. used to watch... We used to watch the mutant... uh, The X-Men cartoons. The X-Men are the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What was I saying? (laughs) Loki. I watched the first two episodes. I like it. It's very cool. There's three now. Yeah, I know. I haven't seen the third one yet. Oh, okay. I haven't seen the third one I was going to talk about it, but, but I guess I won't. Do not. No spoilers here. Do not. But Owen Wilson... Very cool that he's uh, in it. I love small spoiler. No big deal. That's not a spoiler. Well, now I know he's in it. I didn't know he's he in was the in very it. first. He's he in was, like the uh, first scene. That's it. That's unwatchable. <laughs> yeah, because you never know who's in movies and TV shows when they come. Out. I didn't. Never. I didn't. I didn't know he was in it. It would have been a complete surprise uh, for me. Okay. For a second. That's ruined. The whole thing's ruined. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's ruined. All right. Well. Moose, if you need to wear sunscreen when it's 295 Kelvin, what's your words of wisdom for me tomorrow? It being a projected 315 Kelvin. What should I do? Stay inside. Stay. <laughs> okay. So 295 Kelvin is wear sunscreen, 315, stay inside. Yeah. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Um, and we'll be back in... Uh, a few days, Thursday's episode with our final Marquis de la Mid-Round episode. So stay tuned for that. Um, and uh, of course, I've got to mention Anthony, Canadians. Yeah. Moose is even a big Stanley part Cup of our, our superstitions and our juju. Moose has uh, carried us to several wins through ridiculous traditions that we have established, but they're clearly working. Um, so Stanley Cup final. We're not a hockey podcast, but we are from Montreal, and we need uh, we need all the positive juju we can get for these Canadians, so they can become marquees of the Stanley Cup playoffs, right? 
Right. right. I like it. Yeah. All right. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Ciao.